This is a Props.com production. The Bostonian is Matt Perrault. This is our f- city. The book is Dave Sherapan. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Together, they are the Bostonian versus the book. You covered! You covered 12! I covered! Follow the show on Twitter at Boston versus the book. How do you like them, man? Bringing you the best insight on sports betting news, Matt and Dave's daily picks, and an entertaining and unfiltered dive into the sports betting industry. Here's Dave Sherapan and Matt Peralt. And here we go. What's up, boys and girls? Welcome to the latest edition of the Bostonian versus the book. Dave Sherapan, Matt Peralt, props.com and the props.com YouTube channel, Twitter, and all the like at Boston versus the book on Twitter. Rate, subscribe, review, all the fun stuff on Apple and YouTube. Make sure you are a subscriber so you know when we go live. Because Dave, today we're gonna have a lot of fun today. A lot yeah, of good things. I heard. To a lot of good things to talk about today. Apparently so. Including the first time I have ever put a Casey Chief hat on my head in my life. And this will be hey, the only time I do that. Welcome to the club. I did it with the cowboy hat over the weekend. It works. It's okay. It's, like are my scalp to, is burning at the are moment. Are you trying like, to put it on them wearing it? Are you to are you to are you to jinx or are you supporting them? Because what do you I think? try to alternate all the time back and forth. I think you're supporting them. Although I don't know, maybe you've turned coat and now you're a Buffalo guy. I I don't know. I'm just saying. Can't beat them, join them. You can't beat them, join them. Well, I just need them to beat who they're playing this weekend. That's all I need. (laughs) I I, I don't need them. I don't I don't gotta join them. I just need to win one game for me. That's all I need. So we'll we'll get we'll we'll get to all that fun stuff coming up later on in 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 the day today. I, I have one quick opener to get to before we get to the topics from last night and beyond. But do you think Rich Passaccia gets the Raider job? He's getting to interview today for the Raider job. Does he get it? I don't know. I really don't know. I hope he does. If they want to keep the, if they want to build off the momentum of what they just did, I think they got to give him a shot, but they can't come in with some GM that has all these other plans and all this other stuff. So like, I mean, they're interviewing them, but who's the boss? Like, it's great. Yes. Okay. I'll interview. I'm interviewing for the job. I just had an the, on right, the job the, interview. That's like, my point. Like, if, I was going to say, are we doing? what do you say in that interview besides we were in the playoffs. <laughs> like, there was nothing else to say in the interview as to like, I was the first coach in 60 years to take over a team mid season and make the playoffs. And it's that's a, a walk-off. Like that's, yeah, it's a, that, that's say, just a walk-off. Yeah, um, just goodbye. Like I, I, if, if you don't want me, if you don't want what I did, if you don't think I can take, I, you don't think I can run the team after what I did, taking over the complete dumpster fire you left in my lap. I'm out. That's it. I'm good. Like I, there's nothing he can say in my opinion, that's more impressive than winning 10 games and going to the playoffs after John Gruden gets fired. Henry Ruggs kills a woman and in your starting left cornerback has a video of him saying he's going to kill people with guns. That guy got the team to the playoffs. It's pretty good. I mean, like that's <laughs> that, you know, do you have any questions, sir? Um, yeah. <laughs> What what am I here for? 
That would be the only question. Uh, the only thing I think he could answer that may be unanswered is what do you think we need in the draft? What do you think we should do bringing people back? You, you, you we, we know, like if I'm interviewing him, I'm like, Rich, look, we got to go through the process, okay? We don't know who the GM's going to be. We just need to know what you're thinking and what you think we can do in the draft and next year, right now. Now, we're not holding you to it. We just want to know your thoughts. Because, I mean, honestly, it probably wasn't even on the radar. It was, you're the coach, Gruden's out, here you go. And he's probably scrambling and figuring it all out. You could see. Yeah. It, 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 was, okay. it was basically find the guy in the room who could keep us from looking like a clown show. Like, yes. Yes. Who who can just keep us looking like we're an NFL football team? Like, let's just keep the preparation going. Keep the coordinators going. 25 yes. years. He's done everything in the, in the organization here. Just get us to the end of the year. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody really expected. Well, I think immediately it was get us through the next two weeks. Like yeah, it yeah. was so sudden and then everything happened and it was like, all right, which one of you guys can make sure that the meetings happen when they're supposed to, that the players show up yeah. when they're supposed to like, let's just, let's just make sure that we, we maintain the practice facility. Everything operates the way it was and we'll figure key out game work. day as we go. Yeah. <laughs> make sure the key cards work. Make, That's it. Make sure yes. the meetings are, are scheduled. Make sure yes. that, you know, people are reporting they're, they're doing their rehab. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely. It's, I don't know. I'll be, I'll be very Bizarre. curious. Why are we it's, doing it's, it's it today? Why are we doing it today? Because they interviewed people already. And I think they had the public perception. They interviewed Gerard Mayo. They interviewed two other uh, Patriot uh, GM candidates, a bear GM candidate. Like they're doing these interviews and people are like, you're interviewing and you've got at the time they announced interviews for the, a GM and a coach when they still had a GM and a coach, like the <laughs> timing was messed up. So Mayock hadn't officially been fired yet. And Mayock hasn't had announced he was leaving and it leaked that the Raiders were interviewing replacements for Mike Mayock and Mike Mayock hadn't been fired yet. So there's, there, I think the, the interview is like, you got to give him the interview. He should have been first, frankly, like, right. He should have been the first interview. He should have sat down and see, okay, what do we got? Let's come. Let's have this. Here is Rich. Do we have somebody better than Rich? And if we don't, we're going to go ahead and hire Basaccia. And I don't know. I mean, it's 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 not being run really well. It's I, I don't have high hopes for the team at the moment. It feels it's the hard part about being in a professional franchise and having this life. Like, how many times do people interview for jobs that nobody knows? And like, yeah, how many? You, you know, you talk to you know five people for an open position. Nowadays, you may talk to twenty or twenty-five. There's not stories written about it. What order did you do it? There's already a guy. This is the hard part about being. Everybody wants to be in professional sports or have jobs like this. Like, this is like, man. Do you think he was wondering at any point, like, hey, when are they going to talk to me? Hundred percent. Why would had to be right? It's his agent. His agent had to have been knocking on the door, going like, "Guys, like, what are we doing? Yeah, what what are we doing? Like, why are you not calling us him last? Like, we'll 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 talk to a couple other people because we have to because other people are talking to them, and then nobody else is talking to Rich. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. It's either first or last, right? You either go first or you go last. He went second. 
which is weird. <laughs> so Mayo went first. So I, 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 who knows? All right. Last night, college basketball, let's start with the Florida state winning an overtime over Duke last night. Ever since I covered the ACC, Tallahassee has been a house of horrors for, well, you know, coach K Duke in general, just, they have a hard time winning down there and they lost in overtime last night, but that's not really the story. The story is that Florida state has won now 13 consecutive overtime games. It is a record, but nobody strong. has ever won 13 consecutive overtime games. Man, I wish you would have texted me last night when it went to overtime. That's an in-game play right there. No, it wasn't. I looked at it. I didn't like it. I didn't like the juice on it. I looked at it. I was watching it, and I was like, I don't like the juice on it. I almost, I, I, I almost bet against it because it was like plus 120, minus 140, minus 150 on the money line as it oh, went to overtime. That's a nice streak, though. I mean, that's yeah. So the juices. I mean, the, the the books were making you pay. I mean, they were. I mean, they knew the streak, so they were, they were like, okay, we're going to make sure that this. Well, a home team's always it. a slight favorite. Usually, one thirty. It's just silly, kind of algorithmic thing, but a game goes to overtime, and it always spits out the favorite as the okay. home team. Always. Um, so even when it's was a game like it's, then. what's that? 140 was juiced up then 140. I saw 140, 150 is what I saw. Yeah, probably. I mean, what did the line close for the game? Um, I forget. I wasn't State was a small favorite. I think so, but no, I mean, I, Duke always is. I mean, it's hard to see Duke not being a favorite, let's even see. on the road. Uh, let's see. So yesterday I'm going to say Duke was, was a, Three point favorite would be my guess. Um, where's Duke and um, and there was a lot yeah. of games yesterday. Oh, yeah, was, I mean, it's a, this is the college Florida basketball. Florida State, Duke closed five and a half. Wow, yeah, minus five. Florida State was favored. That's okay. That would have that's surprising. Them would have been pick them, and I've been doing it. Yeah, so I mean, I, I mean, I was looking at it and I didn't bet it, but you know, just the books I was looking at, and I mean, I was just sort of like. I don't know. I, I was more inclined to bet against that streak than bet with that streak. And they won by one. I mean, they won. Duke had a look to win it, but I've never seen I mean, that's a hell of a streak to win 13 consecutive. Yeah. And I mean, Leonard Hamilton is so good. He, he became the all-time winningest coach being unranked to beat a ranked team. He now has 53 wins in his career being an unranked head coach to beat the ranked team. Or so many times, right? They've they've played against ranked teams. ACC teams that are ranked, right? Like Duke, <laughs> North Carolina alone, NC State. I mean, you just go down the list. How many ACC teams probably came in there ranked and him unranked? Um, it's it's a testament to him. It's a testament mm. to the program, and they're always a hard out in the NCAA basketball tournament. They're always, always long. Always recruits yeah. these long athletic yeah. kids. They can't shoot all that well normally. They play they're great. They're so defense. athletic. They play great yeah. defense yeah. and they just are tough to play. I mean, they're just yeah. a tough matchup and a tough out whenever in the ACC tournament. But in Tallahassee, that building, and have you ever been to that building? That nope. thing is just, oh my God, it is cold. It is all cement. I mean, Tallahassee is not a very pretty city to begin with, but oh. that building, that Muni, it, it's a municipal building and it's just, where they play their basketball games. It's just nah, but it works. It's loud. It's tough to, it's tough for the visitors. They win a lot of games and Leonard Hamilton's won a lot of games with ranked teams walking into that building. And he's come up with W's including last night for the 13th. Buffalo off the list of cities. We'll ever do a show in Tallahassee. Just, 
cross this off the list. Tallahassee. Well, that's fine. Nice city. Oh, that, that's, I, I know you want to go to the panhandle of Florida. Yeah, you know, debate chopping my pinky off having to go back to the panhandle of Florida again. <laughs> my God, you ever been there? It's oh my God, it's horrible. No, panhandle really? of Florida is so bad. I've driven oh through, I've never stayed over. Exactly, everybody. That's, that's what everybody should do is just keep driving. Like just <laughs> you hit that part of the country. If you don't hit water, just go. Like the water is gorgeous. Like you right. know, the the Gulf Shores region, like that yeah. whole. Floor Bama, that bar is phenomenal. Like, if you've ever been to Floor Bama, it's, it's absolutely. Have I you been to a pro- game, a football game at Florida State? No, been to many basketball games at Florida State. Never been. Okay. I've been, I've been to three basketball games at Florida State and never been to a, a football game at Florida State. So, oh. never been there. But that building's, I mean, football games there are supposed to be really special. Yeah. I've, I've never seen it. I would love to see a football game there. Me too. Um, but you get one mile inland. And I away from the beach, and I want absolutely no part of that part of the country. That is not. That is not. Even, do a show on the beach. Let's go. Like let's let's go. But Gulf Shores, great. Anywhere up north from there, a mile in. Yeah, I want no part of that. Thank you. <laughs> goodbye. All right, Wisconsin wins, covers, and goes over again last night at Northwestern. Shit. That's five straight covers for Wisconsin and seven consecutive games going over for Wisconsin. I, I mean, this is not your dad's Wisconsin team. What is, I mean, the books aren't adjusting. The total was 138 at open. I mean, it closed at 141 last night from a total. It blew over that. What, what do you make of this Wisconsin offense? This is funny because like there was always these debates when a team isn't who they have been for a long time. It's really hard to adjust the numbers. You can't get out of your head. And the way that I would start to do it would be to watch the game. And I saw Wisconsin's last game, and I was like, it's a different team. I mean, their point guard play and their their, their guard play was excellent. They look like they're actually looking to shoot threes. Um, they they run. They actually, yeah. you know, try to score fast, which they never really did. So I think you're going to see books slow to adjust, which obviously seven straight overs. Very rarely does a team get more than four or five overs. Like you can get multiple unders in a row, but mm-hmm. the numbers start to go up quicker to get some under money because, you know, we've talked about this forever for years. If you ask 10 people what they bet over or under, eight say over. It's way more fun to bet over anything let alone a basketball game. But so, is, Wisconsin, is Wisconsin the one because of their reputation? Is Wisconsin the one hooked to that where the public says, oh, it's Wisconsin, you bet under? It was for a long time. Yes, absolutely. You had to make those numbers extra lower. You know, if it, if your numbers came to 132, you'd make it 130 because you knew the first bet you were going to take was going to be under or the majority. So we, you were trying to find the the bad guy play to tell you where to go. So you would put it 130. If they bet over, you're like, okay, good. Now I know I can go back to 132 and sit and take more, more under bets. This one is opposite. We're trying to find that total over number. And I think, I mean, when you see the closing line move three points, you know, you haven't found it yet. So you're going to see going forward, Wisconsin totals start to creep up to that uncomfortable number where you're going to have to go over 145 in a Wisconsin basketball game. Oh, it's going to, it's going to reach a number some point, you know, 
that's what that's what the odds guys do. I mean, that's what you know. We we found the number for Steph Curry prop, you know, three point shooter. That that's easy. Now you don't even have to think. The numbers the same every day. It'll get to that point with the Badgers. It's interesting because if you look at where Wisconsin has gone, these totals, I mean, they're not. Uh, so we're, we're going. 140, 141, 137 and a half, 146 and a half, one, 146 uh, and a half. Who was that against? Iowa. Oh, okay. 139 and a half, 137, 133. There. 133. Like, who was that against? Nickel State. Nickel State. I didn't even know they had a basketball team. Yep. Louisiana. But that game flew over. <laughs> yeah, that's just a bad number. That's a, that's a bad number. Yep. And I, I mean, it's unbelievable right now in terms so of. So, when what do they play doing. Purdue? They play Purdue soon? Michigan State, Nebraska, Minnesota, Illinois, Penn State, Michigan State. They don't play Purdue until the, the first of March. Until the end. Oh, my. They, they played them already, though, on the third of. They played them on the third of January. What was the total? Uh, 139 and a half. That'll be higher. And they won by five. Game go over. Yep. Yeah. It was the it was the third game of the streak. Mm. Crazy. I mean, just it's just Johnny Davis is right now. If I had a vote for the national player of the year, it's Johnny Davis. And right. it's not just it's not just because of the fact that he's scoring twenty two points per game. It's the fact that he has changed Wisconsin's entire identity. Like he wants to run, he wants to go and score. And as a sophomore, he's like, guys, get out of my way, give me the ball, I'm going. And Wisconsin hasn't had that. Wisconsin's nope. always had those long, lanky white guys who are kind of stretch fours who aren't centers, who aren't really athletic enough to play on the wing, but have some moxie and have some rebounding ability because they're bigger than the guy that they're playing against. And they have a point guard who bangs the ball into the ground constantly and kills the clock. Like that's yeah. what they've always had. And now they still have the lanky white guys, but now they got Johnny Davis who is incredibly athletic and wants to push tempo and he gets the ball and goes and all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute, Wisconsin's possessions are way up. Yeah. <laughs> Their possessions are way up per game than what they normally have been. And Greg Gard's like, yeah, let's go. He's leaning into it. And I, I mean, Wisconsin is a sneaky team in the tournament. I would not want to play these guys in the tournament because they still can lock down defensively and play Wisconsin defense. But they, now they got an offense. And it's 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 pretty impressive to watch these guys. They're not just winning. They're winning and covering pretty easily, including last night, although it got a little shaky there at the end. But, you know, they easily cleared that two, the two and a half, the three, the three and a half. They cleared every number last night, including live numbers, too. I mean, it was live. It was five and a half, six. Right. They got them all. They, they, they got them all last night for, for Wisconsin. So they play against Michigan State coming up on the 21st, so a couple of days off. But I would be eyeballing those. I would ride that streak. And, you know, maybe Tom Izzo is the one that was able to slow down this offense and it goes under because Michigan State is known for it. But the books are going to have to set a, a low enough number, though, right? Because it's Michigan State and Izzo and, you know, they're going to want to take the air out of the ball. Oh, I would think so. Yeah. Um, so you could, you could get like a 139 again, right? I mean, it's not impossible. Possibly. Yes. Yes, you could. You definitely so, could. So we'll see. You mentioned Curry already. Curry goes under again last night. Seven straight unders for his three prop. He's not gone over since the first of January. Man. Every other game, seven consecutive games, four made threes or under. You were right about the blowout, though. 
He got three in the first half, one in the second half, and then that was it. And they <laughs> shut him down. It was a blowout and against the Pistons, and he probably would have gone over if it was a full game for Curry, but it wasn't a full game for Curry. No. What what about do we Clay? see what did do we Clay see three do? and a half? What did Clay do? Um did Clay, Clay had a good Clay problem? had a good game. Clay had a good game. Clay scored. Um his prop was 14 and a half points. Point is uh Clay Thompson wound up with 21. He hit three threes. He played 20, he only played 22 minutes. Curry played 29. Six of yeah, eleven, four of eight from three. 22 minutes is up for Clay. You know, yep. it was like 15, 17, whatever, and then sit. And now he's getting over 20. They're trying to ramp him up. So he's playing obviously 30 minutes a game soon enough. Uh Steph is 29. That's low for yep. him. But again, when the game it's it's one of those things you got you have to factor in. Um you know, the term right now is game script mm-hmm. um, into the into the handicap where that line, I mean, give the odds makers a little pat on the back. The line was 15 and a half. They win by 16. <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, uh, I, saw, saw some people on, I saw some people freaking out, though, down the stretch going like, if the Pistons backdoor this, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Like it was yeah. it was nip and tuck there for a while. Yeah. Um I don't think you'll move the number. Like you just keep taking the bets. I mean, how much, how low can you go? You, I think this is the bottom for Steph. Four and a half is the lowest. No one's going to go to four. Well, I mean, some books that will book the stuff on whole numbers will, okay. but when you're the half move now, because it's likely to continue to fall four. the numbers, four or five, you know, that he hits it's right. four or five. When he has a really bad game, I mean, you can't do anything about that. You throw those outliers out, you know, the two or the three. Or the eight. He has or the, or the high eight. number. Right. You yeah. throw the high number out when he has seven or eight. Um, so the number's perfect. It's just it, now the juice is expensive. It's getting very, very expensive. So you want to. Right. So, you, you know, do you want to flip it as the book and go to three and a half and juice Juice the hell out of the over? I don't know. It's going to be crazy. I mean, I the second that Draymond Green steps back onto the floor, oh, I'm betting oh. over Curry made threes. Well, he needs right, Draymond. He Draymond finds him All more often in better shooting spots for whatever yep. reason it is. But Draymond's looking to get the ball inside and kick it outside, and they don't have it right now. And they also have to. It also gives, like, if you watch the games, they're always shading a big or a four on the side of Curry. So they don't necessarily double team him. They just don't let him come off the screen the same way nope. because they have a guy who can come up and hedge. When he comes off that screen, they got a big who's going to step up and put a hand in his face. Right. And it's a much tougher shot to hit. Draymond's ability to hit the three in his willingness to shoot the three, it's not great at it, but he'll hit a couple of them. That keeps that guy at bay. That keeps that guy shaded away. So Curry can come off that screen and hit that three. Right. So that's, that's the biggest thing I'm watching for Draymond is that he just spaces the floor better. It's it. And you're right. He, he does look to get the ball to Curry in better spots, but it also spaces the floor to allow Steph to hit that three rather than him. I mean, sometimes he's just dribbling up over half court and shooting now because that's the only way he gets an open look at the basket. Yeah. Checking threes from 32 
You know, he sees 32 yeah. feet away. Bam. It's good. He hit one yesterday. I swear it was just over to midcourt line. It's, yeah. And that's the only way he does it. I mean, it's, it's crazy, but that's where they are. Unfortunately, right now, that's, that's where they are off off without, without Draymond green, even with clay on the court. So once he's back, yeah, that's when I think these numbers will turn. But until he comes back, I, I don't think it's a bad idea just to blindly bet under on Curry. If you want to pay the juice, it's just you. He's... You went to the UNLV game over the weekend, did you not? Yep. Yep. When you see a basketball game in person, mm-hmm. I'm I've never ceased to amaze, and even more so now when I go to a game and realize on TV it looks like they got space. On TV, it looks like the court is bigger than it is. When you go to a game and you see how hard guys like Steph have to work to get a little bit of space to shoot the ball or to get through two picks and around the guy to get an open look for a second, you realize when a guy like Draymond is out and you talk about spacing, there is no space. There's nowhere to go. And it's really, really makes it more difficult. So again, it's something that maybe doesn't appear in a box score or mm. things like that. And it definitely looks different on TV, but you're a hundred percent right. He opens up the floor for everybody else, not just by having a threat to score, just by being on the floor. Yep. And you know, college is the size of the players aren't the same as the NBA. It's the same size court though. So like, so when you go to an NBA game and the size of the players, these are men, these aren't boys. These are men, 35 year old men playing. And it's like, whoa, you just see the size difference and you're like, holy crap. Like, oh man, how does anybody not get like concussions every darn game with how big these dudes are? How physical it is. They wear no, it is physical inside. Elbow and hitting and cracking each other. And yeah, it's, 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 it's quite remarkable. All right. So why am I wearing this hat that I'll never wear again? Wearing this hat because Patrick Mahomes has never been lower than a minus two and a half favorite at home in his entire career with the Chiefs. It's currently one and a half right now. Am I getting a pick, Dave? Am I going to be able to get this no. at pick? Mm-mm. No, no. Is this the I'm market surprised. low? I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's one and a half. To be perfectly honest, they must be heavy loaded with Buffalo money. I mean, Everyone's coming in. Dump trucks on Buffalo. It's, I mean, it's not surprising. It really isn't surprising, but I mean, it's, yeah, Circa, win bet. I mean, they're going to get, uh, they're going to get the Chiefs money. I mean, it might be the boys taking a little bit of a stand on the game. They want the Chiefs money, you mean? That's why they're putting them on one and a half? Yeah. At this point, at this point during the week, you're trying to go get it and try to find where that bottom is. We did this for the Super Bowl when it was Chiefs and, and Niners. We had to you had to move it early to go get the San Francisco money. And right now, after Buffalo having beaten them already this season, mm-hmm. Buffalo looking how they did, that feels like the side. So now when it's the dog and it's under a field goal, you got to find this number. I mean, it's only Wednesday. You make it a pick. Somebody may mean. actually go now that, I mean, it's only Wednesday and it's already one and a half. Somebody may say the hell with it and go and, and go to pick. It may happen. I mean, from one and a half, the next move is pick in, in my eyes. Like a, a lot of times I w- wouldn't even waste the time to go to one. I just go to pick and say, go ahead, lay it. 
I mean, what are you going to do? It's, let's see if that's what you want. Dare I say this might be, I mean, the books might need the Chiefs for, for a boatload by, this, by the time this game kicks on Sunday. Are they happy? Are the books comfortable needing Mahomes? Um, the books are good with it. Yeah, I think they'll. How could you not be? Yeah, How could you I, not be good with needing Patrick Mahomes at home? Well, in then a playoff the futures game? position comes into play, and a lot of things like that. You know, because the Chiefs are have been the favorite, and I guarantee it. Nine out of ten books, if we called Nass, who you got the most tickets on to win the Super Bowl? Chiefs are one or two. Right, but teams. this is. Yeah. I mean, but you got two more games to worry about that, don't you? Well, yeah, it's only two more. It's three more weeks. I mean, that's. You've been taking bets for a year. But that's a yeah. lot, though. I mean, that's you, you have three games to go before a champion gets crowned. But after this game, you've got two more games before a champion gets crowned. Is your future position really factoring into this line? No. No, it's just another way to get more money on the other side. So, you know, they're maneuvering to get some Buffalo money. The bets are coming in on Buffalo. Money line is one and a half. It's almost nothing. That's crazy. It's it's. Oof. To be, I, I please let's just hope the game lives up to the billing. Please, <laughs> I hope so too. If we yeah, get I, a I dud game on Sunday, I'm going to be I can't so see bummed it. out. I, I can't see a dud. I can't see this game being a dud given the offenses and giving. I just, I, I just, which is more likely a chief blowout or a Bills blowout? Ooh. Which is, more I know, likely. I know, I think the Chiefs a hundred percent. A hundred. But I mean, it, but like, if the, I was making a line, it would be like minus one twenty-five. Like the, the Bills, Bills could best, blow them out. The Bills' best record. The Bills' best win this season is against the Chiefs. That's their best win this year. That was a hell of a game. They did. It was perfect. But it was also a game early in the year. Chiefs were finding themselves. Game meant way more to Buffalo than it did Kansas City. Boy, it did. They they were sure were they good. And I early in the year, that last night. I mean. That's just sort of where the Chiefs have been now coming off the Super Bowl, the loss, the hangover. It was in like that was like the low point of the season for them. That was, was like their rock. That was like their rock bottom. And for the Bills, they're I mean, that was their best. That was their best win. I mean, look at the teams they've beaten. So well, beat long after that, they lost to Jacksonville. Correct. I mean, <laughs> look at the teams they've lost to. Lost to the Patriots at home. Lost to Jacksonville on the road. Like, I look, I. I, I think the public and the pros are both getting suckered. I, I think they're both getting suckered. I, I said it right away. I'm on the Chiefs. I'm just waiting. Like, how good of a number are you going to give me to bet KC? That's all I'm waiting on. And then I'm in on the Chiefs on this game. If you'd have told me a month ago that you would get the Chiefs in a divisional round playoff game at, at home, less than a field goal. I'd have said, well, who are they playing? The Jets? Like, what are you talking about? Like, how how can they? I mean, seriously, what, what, no way. There's no way. Like, what, what what's the catch here? And it's happening. And they're betting against them now. I don't know, man. Like it all comes down to the fact, in my opinion, there's a couple of major factors. And one is, I think this defensive line for the Chiefs can stop the running attack. I think they can keep Bills Josh Allen in the, the ball. Well, they can if you allow Josh Allen to run the football. So Josh Allen's their best running back. So if the, if the Chiefs defensive line can keep Josh Allen in the pocket, don't let him run around. Don't let him do what he did to the Patriots. Because once he gets going, he's 6'5", 240. 
like he's kind of like a train. Like once he starts getting mo, like once he's five yards, 10 yards downfield, yeah. he's a really hard guy to tackle. He's a big dude. Yes. So you got to make sure he's not getting that m- momentum going because he can crack off a 30 yard run on you and change the whole drive that you've been playing potentially well on. Right. So that to me is a monster, monster factor. I think they can do that. And then the second factor is their secondary has got to be able to pick up the intermediate routes. Like Knox can't kill you. Like you got to be able, because I'm not worried about the whiteouts. I'm worried about Knox. I'm worried about Beasley in this game. Those are the two guys I think that could really. You're not hurt. worried about Stefan Diggs? Nah, I'm, I, I, you can bracket him and take him out. I, 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 I think you can eliminate him. It's the other guys I'm concerned about. Diggs, I'm not that worried about. I'm worried about Beasley. I'm worried about Knox. Other two guys, I'm not really worried about. So, you know, we'll we'll see how this defense that's supposedly taking a big step forward for the Chiefs. That, you know, they're going to get tested, and and it's but it starts with Josh Allen. It, it starts with can you be can you stop the best player on the field for the Buffalo Bills, and that's their quarterback. So you can stop him, and it's not throwing. I'm not, I'm not worried about him throwing. I'm worried about him running and. That's where the dude becomes really dangerous and, and really difficult. You keep him in the pocket. I feel pretty good about the Chiefs. And man, if I get a pick, if if I get a pick, this would be <laughs> this would be really this would be a great a, a great line if I can go ahead and get that. All right, twenty years ago today. Oh, tuck rule. Yeah. Do you remember where you were? I did twenty years ago today. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell my story first because it's not as exciting as yours. <laughs> I was in Phoenix. Um, had a nice sports year, you know, being in Arizona. The Diamondbacks won a World Series and all that other stuff that fall. Steelers were rolling. We're going to the playoffs. All we got to do is beat the Ravens. Probably going to have to beat the Raiders. So I'm making plans to come to Vegas for the Super Bowl. I'm like, this is going to, we're going to go to Vegas for the Super Bowl. Watching a game, going, all right, Patriots, the small favorites, but I like the Raiders at plus three. Okay. Um, Raiders are going to win a game, then they're not. And then I would never forget we were watching the game at my place, and that guy came out and shoveled the snow for Vinatieri to kick the field goal. They go through. I'm like, all right, this is perfect. The Steelers are going to destroy the Patriots. This is great. <laughs> All right, just beat the Ravens the next day. They do take care of business. And then the AFC Championship happened. The Steelers were 10-point favorites. And the Troy Brown ran back a punt early. It was a balmy, beautiful day in gorgeous. Pittsburgh. Sunny and gorgeous. It was so aggravating. I canceled the whole plan <laughs> to come to Vegas. I'm like, I'm not doing it. It happened to me once before when the Steelers were huge favorites against the Chargers, and I was still living in Pittsburgh, and we were coming out on this gambling junket for the Super Bowl. It was going to be great, my first Super Bowl in Vegas. Everybody canceled when Stan Humphreys beat the Steelers except me and another guy. We ended up coming out. I anger bet against the Chargers on all of the things. I made all the money, which paid for the trip, and all those feelings came back again when the damn Patriots beat the Steelers. So the tuck rule still has that spot on my side, like that pain you get when you eat too much Mexican food. You get that little like, <laughs> mm. it still <laughs> aggravates me to this day. I saw the 20-year anniversary. The clips were great. And then you go and tweet, there's going to be a 30 for 30. We're going to talk about this thing. I saw, what is it, Nikovich, Rob Nikovich, 
He's on the ESPN now. Yeah. Uh-huh. The linebacker. Yep. He said it this morning. It was a fumble. Tom said it was a fumble. We all know it was a fumble. We didn't know what the hell the tuck rule was, but we said, okay. And we kept playing. He said it. The rules the rule. Court. Yeah, but you saw it. I mean, I don't care what Nikovich says. It's 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 a rules. It was rule. on a field. I don't, Nikovich was on the field. He, he, was, he wasn't Rob, on the field. Rob Nikovich was not on the field 20 years ago. No, Rob Nikovich retired three years ago. What are you talking about? I, I <laughs> Rob Nikovich was not on the field when the Patriots, Patriots had the tuck rule. Right. He's a former Patriot player, but Rob Nikovich was not on the field when he the Patriots had the tuck rule. Tom said it was a fumble. Well, he played with Brady for years. So, I mean, I yeah. guess Brady, but Tom on the 30 for 30 says it's not a fumble. It's the rule. It's the rule. Belichick says it's, it's not a fumble. It's the rule. rule. It's the rule. The rule's the rule. I mean, it was a rule. So here's my story. Okay. So I'm 24 years old. I'm living in Northern Alabama, Northern Alabama, Huntsville, Alabama. That's funny so, enough right there. Yeah. hundred percent. So me in Alabama. So I, I'm real good friends. I'm still friends with this. He watches the show, but my, my, one of my Bama guys who, I go to for my Bama information, huge Bama fam. And he says to me on Saturday morning, because I believe the game was on Saturday. It was a Saturday. It was, was okay. Saturday. It was, it was, it was January 19th, 2020, 2002. Yeah. So it's a divisional round game, Saturday game. He's like, hey, you know, do you want to go to Tunica? And he's like, hey, I, I, he had a hookup, I think, at either we had free hotel rooms or something. It was a reason why we were going to go to Tunica. So Tunica at the time, and still to this day, it's a town that's on the Mississippi side of Memphis. So it's it, it's because at the time, Tennessee didn't have legalized gambling at all. They still don't have casinos, no. but now they, have, now they have sports betting. So you have Tunica, which is all these casinos down in Mississippi. So everybody would drive over. So it was about a two and a half, three hour drive. And it's like, hey, do you want to drive on over? We'll, we'll go, we'll watch the game. And then we'll go bet and go play the tables and then go to the bars or whatever. I'm like, all right, yeah, let's go. So we go, we drive, and the game is not How going. How far away is it? Two and a half hours or so. From, oh, wow. From, oh, so this yeah. is a trip. You're going down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're staying over. We're, yeah, we're going there. We're staying oh. over. So we're driving over. We go to, I believe we were at the Harrah's. If my memory serves me correctly, there was a Harrah's casino that we were at. And so the middle of the, the middle of the casino, there is like one of these like round bars, right? Circular bars that they all have, all the casinos have. Yeah. So, and they had all the TVs around. And so nobody cares. It's NFL football. It's NFL playoff football between the Oakland Raiders and the New England Patriots. Like there's no one really around watching this, but TJ's out gambling and I'm just watching the game. And the game's going crappy. Patriots aren't going, you know, so I'm like, ah, this is the whole game losing the whole game. So I'm just like, all right. So I go, you know, I'd like the third quarter, I go and start playing some games with TJ and start playing blackjack and whatever. And and so like, I start to keep like my left eye on the game and I'm looking up and I'm looking up and I'm watching, I'm watching. And the game starts to turn a little bit. And so I'm like, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to go watch the end of this game. So I go over and I start watching the end of this game. And I mean, it was crazy because out of nowhere, these three Raider fans come over and I'm on one side of the bar and they're on the other side of the bar. They got Raider stuff on? Yeah, they got Raider stuff on. They're Raider fans. They're there watching. Tunica, Mississippi? Yep. In in, in Tunica, Mississippi. I say Tupelo, Tunica. Right. Sorry. Tunica, Mississippi. So. They're in. They had to be eyeing you up. Oh, so we're 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 cordial. We're cordial going back and forth in the beginning, and like, hey, you know, here we'll see what happens. Hey, we're we're kind of da 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 da. Talk. The talk rule happens. 
I'm like in, I'm like in a puddle. I'm depressed. I am so bummed out. I'm like, I can't believe Brady fumbled. This is so Patriots. It always happens with team. My God, yeah. rookie quarterback. Like, what yeah. the hell is all this? It comes Woodson, man. What a play <laughs> in the snow. It's like, oh. and then the ref comes out and he says, Brady's arm was coming forward. Ball was going to be tucked away. Incomplete pass. And <laughs> Everyone is like, wait, what did he just say? What? I start, I start running around these three dudes. I start running around going, let's go. Let's bleep it. Go. I'm screaming. I'm yelling. I'm 24 years old. And now I'm like four drinks in. Now now I'm feeling it. Okay. Now I'm, now I'm getting the juices going and the Boston me starts coming out big time. Right. Patriots go down the field. When Vinatieri is lining up that game-winning kick, I'm looking at these dudes. I'm just eyeballing these dudes. I go, you know what's coming, right? Oh. You know what's coming, right? <laughs> and they're like, he's got to make it first. He's got to make it first. I go, yeah, you know what's coming, right? Here we go. <laughs> kick goes through. I'm the only person in the entire casino celebrating. Uh-huh. No one knows why the hell this dude half in the just bag. Hit a jackpot over the machine. Yep. Or something, probably. I'm I'm literally mfing like as loud as Everybody. I can. Everybody, I'm just like I'm literally like jumping up and down, and I'm I'm this eyeballed. And these three dudes wanted to rip my head off. Yeah, like they are. I staring. want to right now. Just you, <laughs> the, the three Raider fans are, and TJ comes over and like he's like, "Hey man, we should let, let's let's go. We gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go right now." Go. I'm like, "Why?" I'm like, "No, like let's let's." And I'm like, "I'm so going out of my mind, crazy." And he's like, he, he had never really seen me like this level, like Bostonian come out in me. And he was just like, whoa, he was like, okay. And so I'm like on cloud nine the rest of the entire day. I start. Uh, I woke up. I don't know why I woke up, but I woke up at like six o'clock in the morning, hung over as hell, yeah. all like fired up still. So like they won, they won, they won. I go downstairs and I found a trick that I have now used for almost my entire life. Me versus the dealer, single deck blackjack. It's the best. And I'm just sitting, there's nobody in the place. I'm it's like, quiet. I want to go home. It's quiet. I take down the casino for like $300. Just me. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm making a lot of money. That's, that's, that's tremendous. Yeah. I'm gonna make, I'm playing 10 bucks a hand. Okay. Yeah. But so I'm gonna be, I'm not playing heavy hands here, but I'm right. just like, I couldn't believe it. I was just like walking around. It was like, I sat down just me and this guy. And I'm just, I'm like, what's this? He's like single deck blackjack. I'm like, Oh, this is me versus you. He's like, yeah, I'm like, let's go. <laughs> I just start like, and TJ comes downstairs. He's like, all right, man, let's go. And I'm like, dude, I'm up 300 bucks. He's like, what the how i'm like i'm just playing me versus this dude playing blackjack so i get the win for the patriots i take home 300 bucks pays for the whole trip because of that because of that so i'm absolutely ecstatic and then we watched the super bowl together because he was like hey why don't you come over to the house we were together watching that game you went down to the casino no we didn't go to the casino we went to his house to his apartment so it's me him and his wife and their young child and so he got a chance to see me on a different level. And oh. his wife was like, if this guy ever comes over here again and does this, I want no part of this dude. I was bless you. I was absolutely like when they won against the Rams, I have never been that out of my mind in sports in my life. Like 
This well, is before was, the before the Red Sox. That was okay. the first big win as a grown up for you, right? Like for a hundred percent. We had never seen it. I had never seen it win. with the, the Celtics in eighty one. In eighty six was the last time I had seen a championship with yeah, the Boston Celtics. I was tiny. I was nine years old. It was the last time I last time I had seen anything. I'd seen the Patriots in two Super Bowls, losing them both. Losing right. them both. Yeah. In eighty six and ninety six. So I'd seen them get there. I'd never seen them actually win, and I thought they were dead. I thought there was no way. It's not happening. Brady, I, I got John Madden saying, take a knee. I'm like, what the hell is going to go on? All of a sudden, you got a three, four play, five play drive going, and it's like, holy crap. Vinatieri is going to do it again. It's the only time in my life, and this is why he's a Hall of Famer, when Adam Vinatieri was lining up a game-winning kick. What's over? Was over. Pack it up, baby. We're good. We're good. Like it's I, when I was watching, I was watching the game over the weekend this weekend with Robbie gold for the Niners and my grand, my father-in-law had bet minus he bet plus three with me. And whenever Robbie gold came out, I was like, up, oh, we're good. And he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, this dude don't miss like this. This guy, Robbie gold does not miss in the postseason. He does not miss. It's the, the only time I've said that about a kicker besides Vinatieri is when Robbie gold is lining up a kick. He's it's just automatic. Boom. And that's how Vinatieri was. He was just automatic. And it changed having players like that in a, in a Boston team uniform. We never had that. We never had the automatic. We always had the choke artists. We had the guys who would overperform their ability and you'd ask them to do something they were incapable of doing. And so the heartbreak, because you're asking a B minus player to make an a play. That was always what Patriot Red Sox Celtics. We always had that you had to overperform to win. This time you didn't have to. Well, I mean, just who, not, who he like is. Hall of Famers like the Celtics and those guys. I mean, those you get good players. They like got the Red Bird, Sox Magic, were... and all those guys. But the Red Sox always – the reason why the Red Sox – it wasn't the curse of the Bambino. It was because you always were asking B-level players to play A in clutch moments. And they – I mean, Buckner and everything else. Bill, I mean, Bill Buckner was a hell of a baseball player. Tremendous. No one, he was tremendous. But he was a B-plus player. Asking him to make an A play, and he couldn't do it. Well, that was a—I mean, that was a D play. It was just a bad hop. I mean, he should have. It's just a play you make. It's just—it's in that moment. Ten years old, of course. But that's—you're—it's an A play. You have to be able to be clutched to make that play. That's the World Series play in your hands. Every change when they won that Super Bowl, too. I can't believe that's what I mean. Like they, you all of a sudden, Boston people went, our our spine stiffened a little bit. We we got a little, we got a little cocky. We're like, all right, we're the new new kids on the block. And then two years later, cha ching. Three years later, cha ching. Okay. Now 2004 happens. We've already seen two championships for the Patriots. Here come the Red Sox. Okay. We come back in the greatest sports comeback in history. We just throw out our rivals, toss them off the Empire State Building. Bye-bye. Win the championship in four games like the Cardinals weren't even there. Stepped over them like they were a fallen log or something. Done deal. Boom. Got a movie celebration in the outfield with Jimmy Fallon you know, running around. So we, we, we got that. Then the Patriots do it again. Then the Bruins do it in o, in, in o, uh, the Canucks, right? O, 08. Well, first it was 08 for the Celtics. Then the Bruins, the Bruins in 2011. Red Sox in 07, Red Sox in uh, or 08, Red Sox in 2013, Red Sox in 18. Like it just, it 20 years ago was the start of everything changing in my sports life. 
Yeah. My brothers are 28 and tw- are 28 and 26. They have no idea. They have no idea. All they know is cocky. All they, they know is rubbing in your face. Annoying. Those all, people all they know is ring, ring, ring. It's that, that's all I know. It's on. They, they forgot about all that other stuff. They don't They're know the it. They never that, suffered through the pain of two and right. fourteen. Right. They never suffered through Foxborough Stadium and the cold and the bleachers and blackouts. They never went through any of that. All they know is that the Patriots are on the same level as the Steelers and the Cowboys. Yeah. Growing yeah. up. We were like, we'll never be like them. We'll never be on that level. We'll never be considered the greatest franchise or have the all-time greatest player of all time. Like, it was never even a dream. Vinatieri still had to make that damn kick through yes. the snow. Yes. I still go down. I will go down to my grave. It was the greatest kick in NFL history. It's the, the greatest kick The tying ever. one. The tying one. They won that game in overtime. The yep. tying on a one. Kick. Well, he had to kick two. Yeah, he had to, yeah, he had to make it an overtime win. But he the made tying him one, like when Wasn't you crazy. Watch, go on my Twitter, you can watch the whole thing. Oh, yeah. And that snow was coming down. Hard. I mean, it was it, it was like impossible, and he nailed it. And then when he lined up for the overtime one, you're just like, he's going to make it again. He did. And then that Super Bowl. Came Lined down and made <laughs> it. I would have bet my house, your house, everybody's house, that he was making that kick when he had that opportunity. It's it wasn't an easy kick. It wasn't. That was not an easy kick. And then he made another one against the Panthers in 2013. In 2003, he made another one. Like, it's it, it's unbelievable. I mean, people say kickers can't be Hall of Famers, but that dude's a Hall of Famer. Adam Vinatieri is a Hall of Famer in my mind. It like is so check. long. Yeah. Like give it to him, like put him in. He's just he's he's the most clutch kicker ever. He's just the guy that you want yeah. kicking, kicking when your game's on the line. In so many of those games for the Patriots, so many of those victories came down to one possession, and the difference was one kick. Oh, was Adam so Vinatieri's ability? Guys. I actually bet the game against Carolina that it would win. The Patriots would win by three. That was a prop bet that I bet. And that was funny because I I did my uncle at the time. And he's like, why did you bet that? And I'm like, they always win by three. And he's like, well, I mean, because that was a big payoff. Like you pick the exact margin of margin Patriots by three. I forget what the odds were, but it was a nice little scoop. And he was just laughing. And it was just one of those things. You knew they were that close. They weren't blowing teams out. They were winning close football games because they were well coached and they didn't make mistakes. And they won when Vinatieri kicked the game winning field goal. So clutch. So oh. fun. I will, I will always remember that moment in that bar. Those guys and, in that bar probably wanted to choke you out, man. They wanted to kill me. And, and I, I, I just, it was unbelievable. It was such a fun moment. It was such a, it, we Couldn't hadn't had Mississippi being, you know, South and why were the, why were there three Raider fans and one Boston fan at the bar and nobody cared because it's NFL football in Mississippi they could care less like okay it's you know whatever is it college oh no I don't want to watch it well, and I'm and I'm like having a life moment <laughs> like you people don't understand like I'm having a life moment like this is never happening to us like it doesn't work it like it was yesterday and that's the 100%. part about life like when you have these moments and you remember them like that. I remember, I mean, we had Super Bowl parties growing up and we did all this stuff and like, but I remember certain moments like that when you were either by yourself or with one other person. And you, I think it, you just have the time to absorb it 
and remember it. And then it's a positive one. You remember the negatives one too. It's like, I mean, I'll oh. never get the, my 92, you know, going to the world series and Sid Bream scores that run with Cabrera. And I hear that Tomahawk chop. I heard it on Sunday it Kansas City game and it brought back all those memories. I remembered every second of where I was when that happened. And I think that's the cool thing about sports, whether you bet them or not, we have these moments that are just etched in our memory. Can't believe that that's been 20 years. That's I can tell you the bar. I, I can tell you the layout, the color scheme. I can tell you what the what the bartender was wearing. What? You weren't drinking Southern Comfort, were you? No, God, no. I told you I can't drink that. I, I was probably in 2002. I was probably just drinking beer. I mean, I, I, I was I was probably drinking some micro brew thing or so, you know what? Chances are I was drinking a Sam Adams real, real likely if they had it. I was drink, I was drinking Sam Adams most okay. likely, although I don't know if it was a macro brew then yet. It still may have been a micro, but anything, anything that was Boston tinged in any way i was right. definitely trying to drink it in some form or fashion during that game i did not have patriot gear on so the guys did not know i was a patriot fan until i started screaming <laughs> so that's that so that's one reason why they were like what the hell is going on with that guy right and so they realized what i was they were all had raider gear on so they kind of exposed themselves i i was unknown until and they just started yelling like that's a fumble that's a fumble what the hell that's a fumble and i was like what do you want? Sorry. Uh, Here we go. I, I was like, it's our ball. I was like, let's go Brady. Or, 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 or uh, calling people again. Like, what is the tuck rule? What is that? Have you ever heard of that? What is that? That's they just made that up. I remember saying never. It, it was a, it is the it was payback, a rule, but no one ever heard it before. And then no, it's the payback for Bill Belichick. Oh, sorry for, for Bill Buckner, rather the yeah. payback for, it was a payback for all the years of watching that highlight over and over again. It was a payback for nine-year-old me at the end of my parents' bed, crying, not understanding why a ground ball that I thought I could have gotten as a nine-year-old, as a, as a nine-year-old little, you know, baseball player watching the little Mookie. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Um, He's fast, but we we got to make sure Mookie Wilson's going down the line. Like, hey, Bill, uh, bend your knees. Oh, that's right. You're ancient and you can't. Yeah. Nice job leaving that guy in. So we had a whole mess load. And at the time, I didn't know Bill Belichick. I'm sorry, Bill Buckner was a good baseball player. At nine years old, he just became that guy. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. so one of the darkest moments of my uh, of my childhood that I forever, forever hate myself for doing bill buckner's daughter was friends with my best friend okay in bill boston. buckner in boston and over mass bill lived in my town so his daughter and my best friend's daughter were friends mm. buckner i only i only saw him pick his daughter up once from the robinson house that i would go over there all the time and and the mom asked me do you want to go meet bill and i said no and I always hate, I always hate myself for that. Oh, I was so, I was so mad. I was so mad. He was in the car. He's like, do you want to go meet Mr. Buckner? No. She goes, no, no, I don't want to meet him. <laughs> and I, looking back, I was like, I was such a jerk. Like what, really what was I, what was I, it was, I mean, I was 12. It was, it was four years later. You know, it was, it was four years after the fact, but I still said no. <laughs> 
It's like, I don't want to meet him. No, oh. I, don't, I, I don't want to meet him. And I look back at myself. I was like, man, I was a punk. Like what type of joke kid. Can you imagine me? what they said about you when you went home at night? The kid didn't uh, even want to go out and say hello. Who is he? Yep. But I mean, I was a messed up kid. My parents are getting divorced the same year. Like I was, I was a bitter, angry kid. So yesterday, I mean, that was, that was a rough year. That was a, me 11, 12, 13 was rough. Like that was not a fun year for me. I spent all the time at the Robinson house because I didn't want to be at my house. Right. My house was falling yep. apart. Yeah. So like they were taking me in, in that way. So like they probably just assume like, it's just another thing of he's, you know, not right in the head. <laughs> he's just not a very <laughs> healthy child at the moment. He's got a lot of stuff going on that he's just a bitter person. And I was like, you stole that memory. You stole that. Like, I just knew that like at nine years old, you caused that. I was like, yeah, I don't want to meet you. I was like, oh, I want no part of you. Did you ever date the daughter? <laughs> no, I, I mean, we, we separated, um, the Robinsons, I went to a different school. So my parents moved oh, around in my yeah. town a lot. Right. So I went to different elementary schools. Mm. So when I, yeah. I went to, he went to what was considered Doherty, which is east side of town. I moved to the west side of town. And then we kind of drifted apart. Right. Might as well be going. worlds apart back then, right? Yeah. Like yeah. when somebody moved one town over, planet. you never saw him again. He might as well yeah. gone to California. Yeah, different planet. That. So yeah. I was, I was at West middle. He was at Doherty and like, we never like those that's arrivals it. and like we yep. play each other in sports and like, it was never, that's it. we oh. never had much of a connection after that. And I had other friends, you know, that I met down the road, but I always right. remember that. I always remember Mrs. Robinson asking me, want to meet Mr. Buckner? No. <laughs> and her face was like, it's no. probably better. Cause you'd asked him, Bill, how did you catch that ball? <laughs> And then that's why he left. And that's why Bill Buckner moved out of Boston and never came back until the 2004 uh, Red Sox reunion. When they brought him out of, out of the green monster, they brought him back to that huge ovation before he passed, before he passed away. Um, They had that huge celebratory, like cathartic moment of like, it was 2014. I think it was 14, the 10 year anniversary of the 2004 team. It was like, the apology of like, we ruined your life. And we did, we ruined that guy's life. And he had to leave. And he loved every single day, every day. And he wasn't his ass though. He was like peppered. Like people would be like, how the hell did you miss that ground ball? Reliving your worst moments over and over and over again in a non internet age. In a, in a not, I mean, I can only imagine what that would have been like today. If that would have happened. Well, the news cycles quicker today though. Like no. I think it goes no. and it comes you, out. There is no team with a 85, 80 year, 70 year, a hundred year drought. They're all gone. Red Sox Cubs. It's gone. If we had a team with a 90 year drought and that team had a, had a error like that, it's way worse. It's on a loop. It's your meme. It's every time somebody says something like you stink or you made a mistake. Here comes the meme. Here comes the video. Like you'll, you would never, at least in that time, him moving out of new England, he got away from it. Yes. Nobody, nobody talked about it. You know, he moved to California. Nobody was talking about it in California. The little known story is that they lost game seven. Correct. Yes. Nobody remembers that, that they could have won game seven, but that they didn't, didn't decide the world series. They lost nope. game six on that. They could have won the world series in game. And seven. I, I wasn't fit. I wasn't fifth. I was 15 when I found that out. Like I had to be jogged of that memory for real. Oh yeah. Nobody. I didn't remember that at nine years old. I thought that was the, lost them the world series. I had no memory of game seven until I had to go back and I had, I had watched it. it. And then I was like, Oh, 
Ray Knight had a hell of a game in game seven. The Red, the Red Sox right. couldn't get anybody out. They got blown out. It was an absolute yes. blowout. Yes. That's why everybody forgets about it because game seven was so one-sided. It was terrible. Yeah. That they opened. It was the same thing in 2003, right? Leaving Pedro Martinez in the game too long. It's like, they're all different things that came into those situations. But right. like, you just remember that one moment as yeah. being everything, like leaving Pedro in, in 2003. And then Aaron Boone's you know, saying, Hey, wait for the ghosts to show or, or sorry. Um, Jeter saying to Aaron Boone, wait for the ghosts to show up. And then Aaron Boone hits the home run like that. That's all that stuff. Like we suffered and suffered and suffered. So that's why in 2004, when the Red Sox won the world series, it was just like, that was that breaking of the seal. I guess the, the, the Patriots were breaking of the seal, the pouring it out into the champagne glass was Oh, four. And the way 04 went and then was awesome. everything changed. Every, so I, awesome. I, I mean, it changed the entire, I mean, Bill Simmons. So just real quick tangent, but I used to go, I was doing morning radio in Alabama. So I would get up by myself, go, go into, go in at four 30 in the morning, hosted a morning show by myself, call in show in Alabama. And I would go in there at about, you know, I'd wake up at four, be, be at the station at 445 or, sh- or so, show it on at six. I would go upstairs to where I was working was a converted house into a, in, in Athens, Alabama, home of Philip Rivers. Athens, Alabama, it's a converted house where we have all the radio, all the radio stations. There's four radio stations out of this one house that were this big, huge house. We're in the basement. All, all the studios are in the basement. Well, so upstairs, when we make the movie someday, we're going to go back and see this house. Oh my God, it's still there. It's absolutely still there. Look for WZYP. They still broadcast out of it today in Athens, Alabama. So I would go upstairs and I would go on this computer. It was the beginning of the internet. And ESPN page two was just kind of a thing. Yeah, and I remember. Yeah, Bill Simmons becomes the Boston sports guy. Yep. He gets, he gets hired by ESPN. I had read his blog before the Boston sports guy blog. All of a sudden he's on ESPN page two. Must and read. I, it was must must read. read. Every single morning I'm reading these, I'm reading this blog. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. I'm reading it. And after 2003, like I read his blog and, and after what happened, the Red Sox lose, I'm in tears. I'm like that homesick. Like I don't want to be where I am. I'm yep. like, this is, awful. And he literally, my mother met Bill Simmons's mom helped him at, at, at the hospital. And like, I always told my mom, next time you see her, you have to say that my son got through Alabama because of Bill Simmons. I've never met Bill, but he literally got me through because I had, I was so homesick and so brutal during the 03 and 04 campaign that I had to have Simmons literally every morning read page two every single time all the way through. But he said it. If the Red Sox win the World Series, the world changes overnight and we don't know how, but it will change. And he's right because I used to drive around in daydream. Like what would it be like if the Red Sox won the World Series? Like how (laughs) the the hours, the days, how long I spent watching and thinking about the World Series. I would just dream. And he was absolutely right. The entire world changed when they won the world series. We weren't the lovable losers. We weren't, we didn't suck anymore. Like it wasn't, you didn't expect to fail anymore because of the way they did it. Like they didn't just win the world series. They did it by ripping the heart out Indiana Jones style of their arch rival and showed them the heart (laughs) in their home building seven to two in game seven, Johnny Damon, grand slam, bam. I mean, Derek Lowe wins another game seven. I mean, it was just the most ridiculous run to do it that way was the most perfect way and everything. It just like that cloak of we suck 
was dropped after that. Cause the Patriots were like, always like this, like it was hard for people to like Boston in, in football. It's not the same. Like we like football a lot. We enjoy it, so but it's a hundred years with the baseball and hockey. Hundred. It's yeah. a baseball hockey town. Yes. That's, that's the kind yes. of the rotation. So basketball yes. was really good and it became a basketball town because of Larry yes. bird as a bird. It, and you, well, had, I mean, we they had, were good before with, they Rocco were good before, but they, were, they but dominated, it but it was before anyone was alive. Correct. Like no, nobody before. remembered it. Like you right. look up in the rafters. I can tell you how many times I went to the Boston garden and look up in the rafters. Like I didn't have any context for Bill Russell. I had no Correct. context for red Auerbach. Right. I had no context for Bob Cousy. I right. couldn't tell you. I, I knew about Johnny Mose. Okay. I right. knew the scratchy gravelly voice. Right. I heard on the radio all the time. I listened right. to in the car. Like I knew that guy. And he called those games, but I never knew. I had no context for success. It was all back in the day. And then the Celtics got it. And you're like, okay, we won three championships. We hated the Lakers. It was great. But it would always come back to like, yeah, but the Red Sox. Celtics win. Yeah, but the Red Sox. Bruins are in the finals. They're in the cup against Gretzky. Lose that back-to-back times against Gretzky in the cup. And the the Oilers, that sucked. And the the smoke game of the, you know, the hot Boston fog game, right? Yeah, that whole thing. So like- those were all the, that's where we were for so long and expecting losing and just not having that success. And then <laughs> you have this like ridiculous 20 year run that started 20 years ago today that changed everything. It's incredible. Absolutely changed completely everything. All right, real quick. Uh, one game. I'm not going to do better to book it. I'm just going to get your take on it. What do you okay. make of Cleveland tonight? 16, two, 16, six and two against the spread against the East only laying three to Chicago on the road tonight. Surprise the lines three, to be honest. I thought it would be less. I mean, it's the bulls right at home who've been very good. That's, I mean, I was, you know, when I saw that I was like, okay, um, this is odds makers telling you, you want to bet Cleveland? Now you're laying points on the road. Good luck with that. Um, I'm glad it's not better to book it. I don't know what I would do. I think, I mean, my first thought is I would take the, the home dog, but I've been waiting for Chicago to play well recently. Um, multiple times they've, they, you know, they had the Warriors short number, got blown out. Um, Memphis went in there, or they just played Memphis mm-hmm. and got blown out. And now Cleveland, man, I was so impressed watching them against Brooklyn. Like, this is a team that's grown up. Again, we mentioned it the other day. They're going to go over their – they'll be the first team to go over their season win total. And it's January. Mm. Cavs are good, man. Cavs are good. Are they minus three because of their last victory over the Bulls – over the Nets? Yeah, it's t- it's so, still, still a little you, bit that so way. The, so is it – do you grab the points because the public, the books are shading it to our public play? Is plus three the better play? Um, yeah. Yeah, it is. You're supposed to take the points. Yeah. But again, I, I, I lean bulls plus three. That's yeah, you're su- yeah. You're supposed to take the points. Like I would, if I was doing better to book it and you said Cleveland, I would book it. If you said Chicago, I would bet it with you. Okay. All right. Well, let's get some plays here. All right. This is going to be fun. I got a bunch of interesting ones to get to today. Oh boy. Let's start in the SEC, which I am in love with betting SEC games here. I've been having a lot of fun betting Auburn games, a lot of fun betting Alabama games, LSU games as well, Kentucky too. Alabama at home, little CLV society here, betting this last night at minus three. Mm-hmm. LSU is hot. 
but they lost their last game. Bama has lost their last three. Alabama is reeling. We were just La- against Alabama, right? I had Correct, Alabama with Auburn. Better, yep. Auburn okay. at home. You took the points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the points. Auburn wins outright. That was one of the losses. They've gone on the road previously and lost the last two games after that game. This is just like last night when I took Oklahoma plus three and a half because their backs were against the wall and they had to win. They didn't, but they covered. They were winning the whole game and then Kansas got came to life in the second half late in the game. Last five minutes, KU wins the game because they're the better talent, more talented team, but they don't cover. Alabama is up against it. Nate Oates' team, they've got to stop the bleeding. They beat LSU last year pretty handily. They've beat them both times last year when they played. And LSU does not have bigs that can hurt Bama the way that Auburn has bigs that can hurt Bama. This is going to be a three-point shooting contest in a lot of ways. Bama needs to hit 10 threes is the number I need for Alabama, but I'm laying the three. Hmm. We're betting or booking Alabama minus three against LSU. We'll bet it. We'll bet it. That's a good case. Um, I like the way the line moved. You got a good number. Always trying to get the best number. So I don't really want to take three in a game where I could take four. Um, it's pretty solid three and a half and fours. Mm-hmm. I think three uh, matters. I took it last night when I was at three because it opened at two and a half, went to three. And I was like, okay, I need one possession. Cause I do think this is going to come down to one possession. It's going to be a really good game. I think this is the best game on the board tonight. I can't wait to watch this game. 148 is a total. Is it play to the over play to the under? If LSU wins, it's the under. If Bama wins, it's the over. Okay. Well, I think Bama's going to win. So I would lean over and we'll bet it minus three. Okay. Next game. I have two bets on futures in college basketball. This. Okay. Two bets. Hold on. I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain. Then you, then you, can, the tell line. Me. you, you okay. can go ahead and talk about it. Okay. So I have two bets. First bet is Villanova to win the Big East. Second bet is Loyola Chicago at plus 150, which closed at minus 110. So it was a horrible number by the books. But I have a bet on to win the regular season Valley Conference Tournament. I've got um, Loyola Chicago. Northern Iowa is, is now five and one. They are one game behind. They've not played against Loyola yet. They'll play mm-hmm. coming up and then they play in the last game of the year. They got to keep pace. Valpo is horrific at home. This is a trap number. Okay. This number should be way higher. These two teams played earlier in the year. Northern Iowa won by 27 points. Killed them. Valpo has lost five games in a row. Northern Iowa has won four games in a row. Numbers four and a half, and it's not moving. Don't know why. It feels like the books like Valpo tonight. They think it's a bounce back spot for Valpo. I'm just going to do the same thing I did with, 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 with Wisconsin last night. I don't care if it's square. Don't care if it's public. I think the right side is to take the better basketball team to win the game by five points or more. Northern Iowa, you and I, are we betting or booking it? Can't get the book out of me. This is I can't lay more than four <laughs> points on the road with this team. Yep. I, I'm looking at it now, and I'm going, I'm 100% supposed to take the points. So I'm going to yes. take the points. I'm 100%. And, and yesterday, it you know, it got me with the uh, the first game. I took the points uh, with Kansas, the better uh-huh. team on the road, and they didn't get there. So I'm taking a home dog here. I'm going to take Valpo. 
I don't know how much line movement there's going to be in this game. I mean, you get to the point where you're laying more than two baskets on mm-hmm. the road, college basketball. It's a big ask. Mm-hmm. Saw it with Duke yesterday, right? Got the five and a half. They didn't cover it. They didn't even win the game. Um, give me Valpo. Your 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 Loyola number, by the way, to win that conference is now minus three hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, which Vanderbilt. is really weird because they have a one game lead on Northern Iowa. And Northern Iowa is not even the second choice. You and I is five and one right Drake now. is plus six fifty. Northern yep. Iowa is eight dollars, and then Missouri State is eleven to one, and everyone else is out. Because Loyola is good. I think the books were concerned in the beginning that when they lost their head coach, was it going to be the end of the world when Potter Moser left? What was that going to be? He went to Oklahoma, but it's been nothing. It's been no big deal. <laughs> Loyola just keeps going. They lost their big dude, but they brought everybody else back. So they had this system in place. Good team, good players, same system in place, except for the big. There was a huge factor, mind you, but they've been ranked most of the year. Northern, I mean, Loyola is still a, a wagon. Right. They're still really good. Right. And so Northern Iowa knows that they got to keep up and they can't look past bad teams. And Valpo is not very good. Okay. Big win for Northern Iowa. All right. Let's get funky. These are two bets in college you may hate, but I love Iowa and Rutgers. Have you seen Iowa's number in the first half yet to the over? I have not. 13, three and one. Jeez. How about, how about Rutgers? Rutgers number to the over in the first half. 10 and five. 71 and a half feels like a misnomer and a wrong number to me. All right, hold on. Let's check this. So I was only gone under in the first half three times out of 16 games. Correct. What you said? Correct. And went number one team in the country. First half overs is Iowa. So total in the games, 150 and a half. The number 71 and a half. Did that move? What's the current number? Hold on. That's what I bet this morning. First thing I got up, first thing I did was check this number because I knew it was going to move fast. First half, Iowa. 71 and a half, 71 under a couple of the offshores. So you say this is easy over? I think this game goes way over. The first half, I think it goes way over. Man, I mean, that's a lot. That's a big disparity. Um, That's the lack of... Making adjusted numbers. I mean, I know the formula, you know, so it's like it's, if 150 is the game, 71 is the first half because it's not half. It's less than first half. You know, it's less than half of the first half. So, you know, 150 is the game total. You take 75, 75. No, right. It's always anywhere between, you know, different guys would argue it's 10% less. It's, 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 you know, Fifteen uh, percent less, whatever, in the first half, and then it's more in the second half to get to the numbers. So seventy-one makes sense, but I think this one probably should be seventy-three, seventy-four, closer to, you know, half of the game. All right, I'll ride. I'll ride these trends. Trends are your friends until they're not. Let's be friends today. We'll bet. We'll bet over. Let's go over. Bet it. You mentioned on the Twitter. About are we betting Creighton? Yeah, we're betting Creighton. Well, of course, we're betting every time. Now it's a, one of the first things I do when I look. I'm like, is Creighton playing today? Because I got to yep. take a peek at the line and see the game. <laughs> I thought for sure you're going to come with Creighton minus the points today. No, so I my theory on this they're is they're going to win today though. I don't. St. Think John's so. is not a not good road team. 
Correct. But I'm the Jays. This is their first time playing at home in a month. Okay. They've had COVID stoppages and delays. And also the Georgetown game got postponed Haven't played at home in a month. St. John's is one of the better teams, 10 and five to the over in the first half. They play fast. They score. Jays don't score. I'm going to go on momentum and having a lot of jump being at home, being on Fox sports one to get out to a fast start. I need the Jays to hit at least three threes in the first half. Okay, they average six and a half per game. I need three in the first half and I need St. John's to come out and play their typical brand of up and down, run, run, run basketball over 71 totals. One fifty. back. Like you said, should be 75, 71 over rebetting it. Creighton and St. John's tonight. No, we're booking this one. This okay. one don't feel right. I don't like that. I, <laughs> it's Creighton. Is first time team. in a month, all this other stuff you yep. said and all those things. And now we're going to bet on momentum. I don't like that. I don't like the way that mm-hmm. sounded at all. So okay. true. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to book that one. Only because I've been there. I've worked there and I know what that building's like when they, and, and everyone I'm talking to is that the crowd's really excited because they've not gone to a game in a month. And I have a drunk, a lot of drunk Blue Jay fans in that crowd tonight. It's a big night out for everybody there. Uh, it's a big chance to go. You haven't had them in a month. Chance to get out in the frigid cold of Omaha and get into the building. <laughs> it's it's a no joke, man. It's frigid cold. Like it is cold, cold, cold right now in Omaha, Nebraska. It is not fun. So a nationally televised game. Jays have been playing better of late. They have scored when they play up tempo teams, like when they play BYU. Game went over. St. John's is an up-tempo team. I'm going. You like off. Creighton to win the game? Like what? Do you like Creighton to win the game? No. You think they can lose tonight? Yeah, they could. I'm not betting it, but I think that they could. I. It's just a very inexperienced team. So if I say Creighton minus three, you betting it or booking it? Reverse the tables here a little bit. I'm going to lay I probably. Uh, I probably take. I probably take the points. Okay. St. John's to win outright. Probably. It's just, I haven't been able to read this team the way I normally read Creighton because of right. how young they are. They've got great, really talented players. They're just led by three freshmen. And it's like on any given oh, night, these kids you can, can go, go like off. this and like this. Yeah. You got that. This is a, yeah. Those are they tough. Can go off. And it, it's like, you, and you're betting on that inconsistency. That's it's tough. hard to look at them and be like, yeah, they, they should show up. But then they play against Villanova and they score 41 points. Right. So like, <laughs> like they've got, they beat, they scored 78 against Nova at home. They scored 41 against Nova on the road. It's just, that's just the nature of playing freshmen. Like it's, you just don't know what they're going to do every night. Mm. Okay. So we're going booking that. that place, man. And then one NBA bet. And I'm hoping for more. Memphis is 15 and five ATS on the road. Milwaukee is one of the worst home teams against the spread this season. I think they're eight and 11 ATS at home. I got six. I want six and a half. I think the public's going to be on Milwaukee pushing this number up. So the best number I can get, if we get six, I'll take it, but I want more in a better book. Memphis on the road against Milwaukee. (laughs) That's funny. Are they listening to the show right now? My odd screen just lit up right now. It's six and a half. Everywhere. Just went to six and a half. Told you. Literally. Public's, public's going to be all over Milwaukee tonight. <laughs> well, let's get six and a half. I'll bet get, it with get, you. Give me seven. Give me yeah. eight. Get, 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 just, just keep driving this thing through the roof. I mean, give me as many points as I can get on this. Are we good all playing? Is everybody playing? 
Well, you, you won't know. I mean, I can't tell you yet, but I mean, as far as I know, I mean, Memphis Jaws is playing, right? Everybody's yeah, playing. Of course. Memphis is 15 and five ATS on the road. Milwaukee is eight and 14 ATS at home. They are one in four ATS over the last five. They're four and six ATS over the last 10. So it's basically, they think that no one can stop Giannis in this game. By the way, this is great. You having the in-laws at the house, your Boston accent coming out every once in a while. Really? Yeah, oh no! Just said over to like it, it was all one word. It was fantastic. <laughs> over to and like I'm like over the last five. I was like, what did he just say? Oh, he said over to, over to. Yeah, the yeah, duh. It was fantastic. Um, Unfortunately, my brain no, no. is getting it's 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 coming back pulled out of me. Yeah. Um, I fight very hard against my Boston accent. Well, it just came out right there. Um, we'll take the points. I like it. Right? Yeah. Right? I saw the number. I was like, this is one of the ones that's like, it's hard to make this in number in the book because you know what people are going to bet, but you don't want to give away Memphis at too big of a number to the limit players, to the bad guys, because you like to be in these spots needing a dog. So do you open it at six, five and a half, you know, take the bet. This is good. This is moving up six and a half. This will come back. So grab the best number you can. Six and a half works for us. What's the ceiling? Seven. So seven. I can get seven, you think? So I can get seven? Isn't that oh, your magic number? Book. At, yeah, at multiple books. If you have multiple outs, you may, you know, that's why I tell people all the time, it can't hurt to have money just in accounts sitting there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have a lot, but just to have the option so you don't have to take six and a half when you can get seven just downloading a different app or having a different uh, account, it's worth it. Yeah, this t- this will touch seven somewhere. Hundred percent. That the places that just moved to six and a half, it's definitely going to be seven somewhere later. There's no doubt. Yeah. So I'm I'm waiting to see if I can grab a seven. So that's my okay. That's my number. If somebody creates, this is my new app idea. Mm. Somebody should create a app algorithm or email alert or something that allows you to set a number on a game. That will text you when when the number gets to where you want it to get to. Yes. Bam! Push push notification. What book? What what are the odds? This is called a betting bot, and guys have been doing this for years. But no one does it for the public. People build this. Oh, they they, they build it into their own betting opportunities. I know it's I know it exists. Nobody makes it available to the public on a wide scale, where you set the number and it alerts you. Hey, it got to that. It got to the number you wanted. Why in the world would anybody do that? That would take what? away the guy's edge that can program and right, but I mean, the best what, numbers. But if 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 a if a if a company is after an algorithm number for an affiliate deal or whatever, what do they care if they're taking away the angle for the sharps? Well, they don't, but they don't they care. End up in the desert somewhere. I mean, oh, give me a break! Come on, I don't know. <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's a no, great idea. But it's being done. It's just being done for individuals. If Correct. Find somebody a way- needs to build a mass marketing opportunity. Somebody needs to add this to their application. The ability to set a number adds to like, if I say I want Memphis plus seven, the second that Memphis plus seven hits at a book in America, I'm alerted. Hey, by the way, BetMGM's got plus seven. Great. Thank you. Go ahead. Open the app. Bam. Make the bet. You know the way that's done now? How? Professional gamblers stare at this Don Best screen like Correct. Me. 
and over. just stare and wait and, wait. and stare wait. and wait and stare. And then they tell somebody, go bet this game over here. Go bet six yep. and a half, please, so we can all bet seven. <laughs> like they try to get somebody to move the number. Some scared kid at some supervisor place somewhere. <laughs> they try to get them to move it to seven because they go in and bet a dime on a game in the middle of the day. You know, it's there's just, there's all kind of games going on. Listen, I'm out. Let's sit in on it. I'll be the consultant. That's easy. That would be a home run if we can yep. get somebody to say, I'll back that. Let's go. That will that would be one of the most effective leveling the playing fields for the people in betting. Mm. It would be great. I think we could sell it easy. I mean, it just needs oh, somebody I, to do I it. I mean, imagine football at three and a half. You're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Pops three and a half, boom. Okay, you bet it, bam. Right away, you got it. Because you know it touches three and a half for like a, 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 a 20 minutes. Someone goes three and a half, oh. bam, limit play, it goes right back. So the public gets made aware of it. You've got a, you know, a window to get your bet in because you're going to bet 50 bucks and someone's going to bet 5,000. So they're going to move the number. You're not. So you've got to come in and say, okay, I want, I want my 50 bucks plus three and a half. And you get that chance and you have going to go ahead and, and the number pops and boom. And, and here we go right in. It's, I love it. It's a great idea. Somebody said ad revenue would be higher return value than the risk of betting it. No, I don't think that, I don't think that's true. Cause remember all these books right now, all they care about is the list. They care oh, yeah. about, they care about the email addresses and they care about account activations and the books. That's all they care about. So the books aren't afraid of the public. The books are afraid of the pros. And as Dave already said, the pros are already doing it. So all you're doing is turning this weapon that the pros have to the public. They're not going to be afraid of that. The books aren't going to care about that. They're not worried nope. about, about the public. So it, it would be about being able to give somebody, hey, if you don't have an account at BetMGM, when you go to make this bet, thanks to our bot that told you to bet it, sign up for a new account. We'll give you 500 bucks deposit batch, you know, deposit match bonus for you to come in and make this one bet. So, well, now you're really thinking, Oh, there's a whole business model. There. There's a whole, like, the, oh, that's yeah. a, that's a whole ad revenue stream. Like that's yeah. I just don't know computers. I just, I just don't know how to make an algorithm that could scrape and be able to give you the, the out to go do it. It would change the game for the books. You'd have to get better at the job. Which I don't know if they want to even do that because then you gotta really <laughs> now now you're like you got enough figuring out like I used to sit there and go this guy's a bot this guy's a bot nobody makes you know thirty seven bets in a six hour span in the middle of a day on a Wednesday like now it they got the bot and it scrapes it at whatever every two minutes or whatever it is and they're betting this they're betting that I used to move the number just to mess up the bot just because I knew they would bet it. It would just be like, I'll watch this. And this guy would, this account would mysteriously bet their limit. And I'll be like, he ain't sitting in front of a computer. He's, he's got wow. it programmed. And so I would do it all the time. So now books would have to be accountable to knowing that if they move the number, that this onslaught <laughs> of public bets would come because our app would tell everybody, hey, this book right now is three and a half. Do you want it or not? Hit yes. And boom, 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 boom. the ticker would go crazy. And it'd be like, that would right. be amazing. If you could, it, that would be even better. If you had the app sign up to the app could bet on behalf. If you got the text reply, yes. And this bet gets made at your limit that you set on the app. Could you imagine that? 
Cause you know, like push when, when like yeah. it says like for, for text notifications, like to confirm your reservation text. Right. Yes. Type of thing. Yeah. So like confirm your bet text. Yes. Oh, and then, and then the book and then the, then the bot would go oh. ahead and bet for you at the account that you set up and established. It's, I love it, it. It's a dream. It's a great idea. Let's talk to Chris. We'll get it done. Yeah. <laughs> I need, I need someone to build it out for us. I don't know. All right. Favorite thing about today is what for you? You reliving that story. You reliving that story. I love talking about sports and I love talking about, um, you know, where you were and different things. And I think about, you know, a couple of the events that I've been able to share with my kids that hopefully in 20 years, they're going to talk about like, Hey, do you remember when we went to that game or, or this happened, or we were watching this game together? You know, like, I, I mean, just, off the top of my head, I mean, the Patriots and Seattle Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. It was one of the busiest Super Bowls I've ever worked. And I got to leave at halftime and I went to a Super Bowl party. And I remember the gigantic seven-figure number that we were going to win when Seattle was going to win that Super Bowl. And how everybody was so uptight. And I left the risk room and I went to another coach's house and all the kids were there. And everybody... I'm sitting there looking at my app and I'm trying to bet it in game. And everybody's, we did Super Bowl squares. Everybody was into the game and everybody was rooting for Seattle. Oops. And I was like, ah, oh, this is great. Okay. You know, and that play happened. And the place I was, oh, no, everybody at the party was rooting for the Patriots. I'm sorry. Okay. Good. And I needed, at work, needed Seattle. I didn't care. I had over. I was fine. But, I, you know, we was rooting for squares. And when it happened, they went nuts. Everybody was excited. He stopped them and they held it. And I was like, I'm so glad I wasn't at work. And to this mm. day, the kids still talk about, hey, do you remember when we were at, you know, um, Coach's house for, the, for that Super Bowl party? When are we going to do that again? So you don't even know, like, while you're going through it. Oh, no. You yeah. bringing up the story, you remember it all. Yeah. So far, that's the best part about today. I Even the carrying, tuck rule notwithstanding. I was carrying Madeline on my shoulder when that happened. It was it was quite <laughs> fun. <I> Just screaming, <laughs> yelling. She she woke up. She didn't like it. She was like, "What the hell's going on?" I was screaming, yelling. Yeah, it was it was it was quite. That was a that was a fun. That was fun. I couldn't. Yeah, man, Malcolm Butler, dude, what a play. Oh. Uh, okay, for me, it's easy. I get to start. Today's my first day of school. Spring semester at UNLV, so I get to meet oh. my kids today. Uh, right from so, here, you're leaving. Right, for, you're going right down. The uh, well, I got to post this show, so I, right. I, I got to edit edit the audio, post okay. the show. So once I once I post the audio, uh, and then I got to get dressed, and I got I I have different things I do in the first day to break the ice and get people <laughs> to know each other and stuff. So I got to print out a bunch of stuff and you know get get everyone all excited and get everyone to know each other and. Get them all nervous. Get them all, you know. <laughs> I, I make them. I make them stand up. I, I make them address the class. And, oh, you are that guy. Oh yeah, hell yeah. We we do. This is this is they audio. Oh, you, Mister Peralt. What do they call professor? You? I I make them call me Matt. Just call me. I mean, it's like don't call me. You call me if you have to call me something. Don't call me Mister Peralt. That just sounds odd. So I'll just call me Matt or Professor. One of the two. Professor. So. I'm never yeah. calling you professor. Just yeah, you don't have to. No, if, if they need a formality, there's, there's some kids who need that formality. Like right, 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 to, right, right. They don't feel comfortable addressing an older person without saying something. So I'm like, if you have to address me, you call me professor, but just call me Matt. Just like, it's how I'll respond. It's easier um, to, to, to do that. But 
Yeah, we, we we definitely get the knees knocking a little early. We get them, we we make them stand up. I get I get a chance to see their, you know, how they are because on day one, new class, you don't know anybody, new teacher. If you're like, give me that, and you stand up and you're ready to rip, okay, like we got something to work with. If you're seriously timid and you're just like in a shell, I gotta spend some time like yanking you out. Like it's gonna be more heavy lifting for me to get you to be more accustomed right. to talking, but you know, it's a good lesson to learn for the kids. I tell my kids that all the time. I'm like, don't be, you don't have to be nervous about just stand up and say your name and talk. Yeah. You do that every well, time. I make them, I make them say things though. I, I don't not just, I, I make them say name year, but I also make them answer questions like who's your favorite media member? Why are you taking this course? Tell me a story about On the someone. first day. Oh yeah. Tell me somebody who inspires Ooh. you. Oh yeah. I get them talking because if they can't talk in front of each other, they're never going to be able to talk on a mic. 100%. Like they got to, you gotta you gotta break the wall down quick. So the room the room becomes. I try to make the room like a like a team, like you would. Right. Yeah. I try to make everybody yeah. kind of feel and support each other. Right. It's important because some kids are nervous. So I want that support system to be like, hey, this is a safe place for you guys to screw up. Like my whole yeah. thing to the kids is like, mess up here, screw right. up now, make a mistake now, and I'll help you get over that, whatever that may be. But we gotta we gotta get on the same page quick. Like we only have three months and we gotta go and there's a lot of stuff to do. So like let's get these formalities out of the way. Like, are you comfortable talking in front of the class? And if you're not, then we gotta figure out how to make you comfortable talking in front of the class. It's great. I love it. I do that every so, day at practice. Fail here. You do? I oh, say yeah. I say fail here. Try this, do that, dive for this ball, yeah. you know, throw behind a runner here. We'll we'll, we'll work it out. Just yep. mess up here. This is safe place. I love it. That's awesome. Yep. That's the, the that's and because that's in college. That's what I did. I mean, I messed up a ton in college, and you learn how those you get lessons. better. Yep. You can't you can't walk. You know, it's it, the one thing about college, which is so different than high school, is that like you're actually training for something in college. You're not in high school. You're like trying to figure out who you are, trying to figure out what you want to be, who you want to go, what school to go to. You know, what you're what you think you're going to be even though you're never going to be that person you thought you were going to be in high school, but you have like an idea who you think you're going to be college. You're actually like trying to become that person. You're right. actually working towards that goal. And it may change three times in college, but at least you have some idea of like when I'm done after four years, I want to be doing X, right? I want to be doing something yeah. hopefully. Right. So like that, that's sort of the fun of teaching the kids because they, they do want to try to learn and, and they have like, I want to be the next Stephen A. Smith, or I want to be the next, you know, I don't know, the next Aaron Andrews or what, whatever right. might, might be, whatever that dream may be. So it's trying to find that, cultivate that, and then let them go and ask their questions and do their stuff. So. We'll have fun. That's fun. I'll try. I, I will try. You guys can subscribe to the Bostonian versus the book on all across every platform. Make sure you're hitting subscribe to the props. If you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe underneath that button Hit subscribe. So you know, when we go live back tomorrow for a show that we get to really get into some football games. I mean, my gosh, we're getting close to Saturday games tomorrow on a Thursday edition, of the Bostonian versus the book.